This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Okay, so we're in this series called Locked Up. <clears throat> now, now, we started a number of weeks ago looking at Paul's prison letter. So there are four Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. So we're going to be working our way through those during the summer here and then, and then in, into the fall. We may not go in the order that they are in your Bible, but we're going to be taking a look at those and asking, what is it that the Bible is teaching us? Now, if you're new to Gateway um, and, and you haven't heard me say it, let me say it this way, what others have heard. We believe in the Bible. Amen. And we believe the Bible is true in all ways and directs our life in all ways. I have said this before and I'll say it again today. I don't always like what the Bible tells me to do. Right? So when the Bible says resolve conflict this way, I'm not sure I want to do it that way. I want to go to my human tendency, right? But the Bible says, no, this is how you walk that out. We're talking about Walking out this life, this is how you walk that out, and you trust God's word, it's inspired word of God. So anyway, um, so we're looking at that, and we're asking the question, what is it that, that the Bible is teaching us um, through um, um, the book of Ephesians, and Paul's, Paul's writing to us, and how does that apply to our life each and every day? And so we're in the first book, the book of Ephesians, it's a short book, six chapters, and it divides this way, chapters one through three are basically doctrine. Um, in other words, this is what we believe. This is, this is what the Bible says. And chapters four, five, and six is how you walk out this doctrine. So we're in that part of Ephesians, how we, how we walk out um, th- this life together as, as followers of Jesus. What does Jesus teach us um, to do in, in, in all of life? So the theme of Ephesians 5 is where we're at today, centers on our relationship with Christ and the life of Christ in the fullness expressed in our daily walk. The fullness of Christ expressed in our daily walk. So what that looks like is how you walk this out in your work life. Now, some of you are in really, really, you know, challenging work environments. So he speaks to us how you walk it out in your work, right? You're around non-believers, perhaps. Uh, Maybe you have suffered um, what you might call persecution or something like that. But the Bible talks us how we walk it out in our, in our, in our work life. It, it talks how we walk it out in our family lives. We're going to be getting to that next week because I'm actually cutting the teaching in half today because it occurred to me this morning, like we will be here until long, long after you want to be here. And so I'm, I'm drawing a line today and we're going to get to that next week. But the Bible says this is how you walk it out in your marriage in, in your married life. It's how you walk it out in your single life. This is how you walk it out when you're just doing life. And so whatever that looks like, this is what you are to do. So that's what we're talking about. The fullness of Christ expressed in our lives and through our lives. And let me kind of illustrate it this way. So um, you might be doing this thing alone. Here's what I mean by this. You might be alone. Um, You might be the only person. You might be the only believer in your family. You might be the only believer in your workspace. You might be whatever that looks like, but you're, you're just doing it alone, whatever that looks like for you. Well, you have one purpose in this phase of life that you are in, and it's right here. It's to bring glory to God. That's your purpose. That's what we're to live out um, in in our life. 
Now, we gather here together and online, you're part of this campus, and we gather in person here. And so when we, when we come together like this, we come together um, not to show off, you know, our new pair of shoes or whatever, you know, or anything like that. We come together, guess what? Not, not to lift up gateway. God forgive us and God release us from saying, hey, look at Gateway, look at who we are. That is not what we're about. Um, we come here together, we gather as a faith community to do what? To do one thing, and that's to, say it, glorify God. That's why we are here. And so I pray and we pray and the team prays that everything we do will give glory to God as we gather in our worship, um, our singing, our coffee time in the lot, whatever it looks like, we gather to give glory to God. And then some of us are in marriage relationships, and we're going to be talking about this now ne ne next week. Um, if that's you, you might think that you're, you married your best friend so that he or she could cook for you and do your laundry. No, Phil. So that, that you know, hey, I'm, I'm thankful for that benefit, now, but that is not, that's not the highest purpose of marriage. You already guessed it. You know what the highest purpose of marriage is? So everybody say it, to glorify God, right? And so we're going to discover that next week. I've already had people say, look, I'm sure my wife will make sure I'm here next week, you know, when you talk about marriage and we're going to be talking about that. I also talk about, about the single life. But Paul says it this way in another one of his, his letters. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says this, so whether you eat or drink. Now, it's interesting to me as we kind of get into, head of Paul, into his head for just a moment, like he goes immediately to those things that sustain life. So how many have already eaten something this morning, today, right? Because you were hungry and you figured, I will never make it through church if I don't eat something right now, right? So you had to eat. So Paul says, okay, that's the sustainer of life. And if you haven't eaten yet, you will probably eat something before you go to bed um, tonight. Um, so whether you eat or drink, how many have had something to drink? How many had coffee this morning? Because, like, you had to have it, right? Right? No, I'm, I'm with you on that. So whether you eat or drink, these things sustain life, um, whatever you do there. But then I think that Paul's going like, okay, like, I can't name everything, right? So I'm just going to put whatever. So whether you eat or drink or, like, whatever you do. And the whatever includes all of life. So, it includes you going to the grocery store. Do it for the glory of God. It includes when you're facing challenges in life, whatever they look like, do it all for the glory of God. It includes when your parents tell you to do something, you don't want to do it. Do it all for the glory of God. It includes serving our spouses. It includes how we walk this life out in our work life. It includes all of life. So as Paul goes like, okay, like whatever you do, because like all of life fits into the whatever, do it all for the glory of God. We exist, you and I, as followers of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you've been a follower for like one week or one day or one minute, or you've been in this faith journey for years and years and years. We all exist to do one thing, <clears throat> and that's to bring glory to God. And then Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 5, and he says there are two ways that this thing is going to flesh out. So if you're a note taker, write down, first of all, the word obedience. Now, don't we love that word, right? 
Do you agree that sometimes there's something in our human psyche that kind of steps away from like obedience just a little bit? Just a little bit, maybe. Um, well, he says, look, it's, it's how you walk this life out in obedience that will fully express Christ, that will bring glory to God. And we're going to see that in just a moment. But then he has another harder word, I think, is it's submission. <laughs> submission. We're going to get to that next week when we talk about how Paul talks about how this lives, not just in the marriage life, but in all of our life. What's a submissive life look like? That's, that's coming next week. But walking this thing out in obedience or following the example of Christ and submission, following the example of Christ in every area of our life, whether you're sing, single or married or whatever. And so Paul slides into these two themes of obedience in submission right off the bat in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. Here's what he says, therefore be imitators of God. Now we could stop right there and if I asked you to kind of go around and just discuss that for just a few moments, what's it look like to be an imitator of something and what's it mean when Paul says be an imitator of God? As beloved children, he says, and then he says, and this is how you do it, walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So he says, be an imitator. You're children of God, and this is how you're going to do it. You're going to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. How did Christ love us? He died for us, right? And so now our call is to be that way and have that, that attitude. Now, someone said, and I, I think it's right, whenever you read uh, the word therefore, you have to go back and see why it's therefore, right? So let's, let, we're going to do that. We're just going to step back to Ephesians chapter 4 for just a moment and see why, why the therefore, why this call to be an imitator of God. And what, what does it look like to walk this out in, in, in obedience? So here it is, uh, verse 32, close of chapter 4. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, and here it is, as God in Christ forgave you, therefore. You get the therefore? As God in Christ forgave you, therefore imitate God as his child. And walk in love because that's what Christ did for you and for me. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Now, the, the imitate, imitate part, you know, being an imitator, is obvious in its meaning. If I ask you, like, what does that mean? You go like, well, it means copying somebody. And it does. It does. It's obvious. One who does what others do. So if you're going to imitate me, somebody one time said, like, this is what you do all the time, you know. And whether it's a hand gesture or, or, or something like that. I mean, we are copying what another person does and you could copy one another, right? I could copy you by looking at you right now. We're to imitate God, not one another, but we're to imitate him. Paul is saying, do as God has done or as a child imitates his parents. Live the same way as a child of God. Imitate or copy the actions of or be like Father God. William Barclay, who is a commentary, he's an old dead guy, um, he said this, um, that imitation was to be above all in one direction. So you're getting what he's saying? It's like this imitation is just us imitating God. It's one, it's one direction. The Christian must imitate the love and the forgiveness 
of God. How? Paul says it, by walking in love. This is what we, what we get to do. As we, as we live out our life, we are to walk out this life in this extravagant, extravagant way that looks like this, selfless love. In other words, it's not about me. So as I walk out my life, as you walk out your, your life, it's all about the other person. In fact, it's interesting because this phrase, walk in love, and the Greek expression used here just refers to continuing in selfless love. So everybody say selfless love. Selfless love. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about you. It's about the other person. So this is what characterizes this walk in love. It's all about selfless love. What's it look like? Well, it looks like Christ who gave all for us. Selfless love is not about me, it's about you, and are you ready for this? Even if you, or even if I, don't deserve it. I, the question, <clears throat> the answer is obvious. Did you deserve Christ's death? No. None of us did. None of us did. But yet we're called to walk out this kind of, of love. C.S. Lewis in Miracles says this, Christ did not die for men because they were intrinsically worth dying for, but because he is intrinsically love and therefore loves infinitely. Not it wasn't because you or I or mankind was worth dying for, it's because he is love and we're called to walk out this love in, in all of life. So what if we looked at this life through a lens of what we get to do rather than what we have to do. Sometimes we uh, attach, oh, um, you know, this is what I have to do to the word obedience. But what if it's, this is what I get to do. So when I go to work tomorrow, I get to walk out this life fully expressing Christ in a way, whatever I'm doing, that gives glory to God. And people are drawn to him. They're not drawn to your good looks, though you, though you are, all of you, um, but they're drawn to him by the way we are walking out this love. We're to love people as Jesus loved us. So we've been talking about what does our walk look like? What does our walk portray to other people? And I just have some examples for you.
do. Yeah, I mean, there, there you go. That's, that's it, right? That's all you're going to get. So anyway, so, you know, people, people identify who we are by, by our walk. Have you, have you really, really thought about that? So Jesus says, like, you, you just, you got to stop moving around. You know, you, you got to, you know, you got to stop tapping your foot. Sometimes I have a habit of doing that. People recognize us by the characteristics of, of those things, right? Well, they do so. They recognize our life in Christ is to fully express who he is through our walk, how we walk in love. So we're talking about an obedient lifestyle, the life of Christ expressing how we live that brings glory to God, regardless of what we might be facing this morning. So I have friends, and you do too, and I in fact just wrote a note to a, a, a friend that says, you have the amazing ability to encourage people from a distance. And as I watch him walk out his, his life, I've never met him personally. He's a Facebook friend. He's a retired pastor. Um, as I w- watch him walk out his life, he does so in such a way that brings glory to God. And his, the, the life of Christ is, is, is expressed through him and how he communicates to other people. Well, people are watching you and people are me. So we're talking about an obedient lifestyle, the life of Christ expressed and how we live that life out that brings glory to God. Now, um, we all have heard the term, like, you got to be politically um, correct, right? That, well, Paul was not what I would call a politically correct person, right? And so he shares with us this in Ephesians chapter 5, 3, 4. And, and, and he's talking about this, this life that we're walking out. He says, um, but sexual immorality in all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. In other words, like that should not be a part of your walk at all, shouldn't be a part of my walk at all, as is proper among saints, that there be no filthiness or foolish talk. So he gets to that part. We talked about speech a couple weeks ago, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So now he's into that part of our walk that is expressed through our life and through our, our, our speech. Like a parent teaching a child to walk, Paul teaches us to replace these things that are not honoring of Christ. So he's saying not this, but this. He's saying not, not sexual immorality, not covetousness, not speech. That is not Christ-like. And we place them with these things, a life of thanksgiving. That's what should mark the speech of every believer. A continual thanksgiving to God. It's called a life of praise or someone years ago talked about an attitude of gratitude. So is that what marks my life as I walk this thing? I'm always giving thanks first to God for all he has done and then to others that he brings into our lives who help us grow and mature in the faith. Giving thanks for all. Now, I want to ask you what I asked the last gathering. And it says, do you have people in your life who can bring correction into your life? Think about that for just a moment. I do. I have people who speak to me and say, like, that probably is not going to work. Or maybe that didn't work so well. I have those people. And they're a blessing from God. I'm to be thankful for those who help me grow in my walk with God. Do you have those people in your life? First question. Second question is, are you that person to somebody else? This is the value of groups. So we talk about groups every week. Mario did again this morning. We come into a smaller space where we help one another grow and mature as we, as we desire to live out this life that Christ has called us to. Now, Paul offers, offers us a warning here. It's a warning to you and me about those people that we trust. 
And he says this. He says, like, therefore, don't become partners with them. He's talking about the people that we are in close relationship with. Don't let anyone deceive you. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Or this, don't let your lives become intertwined with those who might lead you into things that are not used that, that, that used to be a part of your life when you walk in darkness and in fact have no part of those works. So stay away from those people that want to keep pulling you back into this life that does not reflect the love of Christ. Don't be partners with them. Don't let your life be intertwined with them. It may be time for some of us to walk away from relationships that are doing our spiritual life harm. Are you with me? Now, I'm not just talking about people, by the way. Now, maybe that, I'm not just talking about people. You can be locked up in your home and you can be involved in things that are doing your spiritual life harm. Harm. The things you watch on TV, say the things we watch on TV, the um, um, our engagement with social media. Don't you sometimes wish you could just throw social media out? Um, those things that kind of get our mind off of Christ. And not just talking about things. Um, I'm just talking about stuff that allows us to be pulled away from who Christ has called us to be. What about the things that we read? What about the things that we consume? We allow all our lives to be so intertwined with them. Pretty soon our walk that Paul exhorts us in begins to look a little stumbly maybe. It kind of looks a little bit different. Who are we partnering with? What are we partnering with? Have you ever noticed how easy it is to become like those that you hang out with? Have you noticed that? And something, by the way, it's not just negative. This, this is good, good too. Reese Robertson said this, who you spend time with determines who you will become. Who you spend time with determines who you become. So the question then is who? Who is helping us in this walk? Inherent in Paul's teaching in verse number 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, inherent in that is the idea that believers are doing this life together. We're addressing one another. We're, we're coming together, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In other words, we're engaged in activity together that's glorifying to God. Who we are hanging out with, together doing life, makes a difference in our life. Now, who makes up the one another? You and me, people who, who come together. And so Paul says this, walk as children of the light, together giving thanks. It's called an obedient lifestyle. Now that's where I'm drawing a line this week because if I get into the next part, we'll be here for a, a long time. It has to do with family relationships that we're going to dive into next week, the close of, of, of Ephesians 5 and the opening of Ephesians number 6. How we walk this out then in this area of submission to one another Parents, kids, students, singles, we're going to talk about all of it next Sunday. And we're going to do something next week that um, we have never done at Gateway before. No, I'm serious now. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, yeah come next week. And so then you will see. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to tell you. But I am going to ask you to do something here in just a moment. And that is to just, can, can we just reflect on our walk? Now, for many of us, you know what you're going to do? Like, you're going to like... It's, you're going to keep on walking the way you've been walking. 
It's incredible, and you are that person I described just a little bit earlier, that you're just walking in a way that's so Christ-honoring. Some of us might be stumbling a little bit. Some of us may have stumbled. Maybe, maybe some of us are going like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm partnering with something that I, I shouldn't be. Maybe I spend too much time on social media, and it just drags me away from where I should be focusing my time. And my, maybe it's all of that, I don't know. But here's what I do know, that when we leave this place, we get to do something that is life-changing. We get to walk out this life in a way that's honoring of the Lord, that glorifies Him, that lifts His name. And the Bible says, look, we, we, our, our task, our role is, is to, is to um, not draw people to gateway, right? But to draw people to Christ. And He's going to do that through you and how you walk this out. So let's stand together, shall we? And I'm going to pray, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just take, take a moment and go, okay, God, is there anything, is there any correction in my life that you want to bring? Um, how have I done this week? And maybe the answer is, I'm going to keep on doing it, just as he enables us to, us to do. Um, that, that may be it. But God, we, we, um, we purpose to bring glory to you, whatever side of the story that we're on today. So Father, that's, that's my prayer today. It's, my prayer for me, it's my prayer for each and every one of us, Lord, as we gather a bunch of individuals who come together for one purpose, and that's to glorify you. God, I would pray that as, as we do so as a faith community, God, never let us be in that place where we're gathering just to lift up ourselves, but only you. God, I would pray that in our individual lives, that this life isn't about me, it's about what you have called us to do to walk out this life in love in a way that honors you and lifts up other people. God, I pray that I would, I would see that as an opportunity. It's what we get to do, each and every one of us. And for many of us today, it's what we're going to continue doing. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. For some of us, maybe God, in this moment, you're going to just kind of bring some correction. Your spirit is going to speak to us about maybe... An area in our life, um, maybe we've stumbled a little bit. Maybe the enemy has just been attacking us. I don't know. But God, this morning, we give our life to you. You've called us to walk in love. Um, you've demonstrated what that looks like. We understand and we know that we can't do that on our own. It's only a life empowered by the Spirit that lives in us. And so I would pray, Lord, that we would be that person this week that lifts up you in how we walk. In Jesus' name, amen. I speak the name of Jesus over you. Pray me a 
every promise he is faithful to keep i speak the name no grave could ever hold he is greater he is stronger he's the god of possible i pray for your healing the circumstances would change i pray that the fear inside would flee in jesus name i pray that a breakthrough would happen today i pray miracles over your life in jesus name i pray for your healing the circumstances would change i pray that the fear inside would flee in jesus name I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, come believe it, come receive it. Oh, the circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. I pray for your healing. The circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. I pray for revival, for restoration of faith. I pray that the dead will come alive. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 